conversation have to avoid the bywords, the buzzwords that's going on right now. There's a lot of fear in our nation. There's a lot of fear all over the world. They've always had fear in the Far East, and, you know, they, they live with, you know, they're, they're drinking out of mud holes, a lot of them. But he said, uh, I, 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 didn't, I don't want to say he said, but I, I knew that we should be cautious. We should be mindful not to let inflation, the fear of economic and financial lack, have any effect on us. Inflation, shortage, and, a price, and prices, high prices, affect us none. Because Deborah's telling me, she went to the grocery store and it was like, what? A pound of butter is $7? Oh, yeah. You better go, right, you better go after church, Jonathan. It'll be up in the morning. Uh, just amazing things and shortages. And they show that on TV and empty shelves. But I remember uh, one time when I had a little Yukon and uh, it was empty. It was bone dry. It would hold 25 gallons and gas was $4 a gallon. And I, I put $100 in it that day. And it's like, well, how could that be? Because this thing won't go but just so many miles anyway. And the Lord quickened me and he said, you'll always have enough to fill this up. So it doesn't really matter how stuff goes up or down. All that matters is he supplies. He is our supply. So in the hardest and the least times, he supplies. We are supplied. We are funded. We are funded at River Church. It's a supernatural work. You know, maybe someday we'll talk about it, but it's just a supernatural work. It doesn't really matter. But I'm supplied. That's, a, that's for all of us. Do we understand how many ways it could have gone the wrong way? And you'd be in a whole different world, a whole different situation. He lifted us up out of the miry clay. He lifted us up out of what was going on around us. So... Let's just, let's just say that we're not going to let inflation, shortage, or prices affect us at all. I have enough. I have enough. Praise God. Well, amen. That's a good word. Well, let's go to the word for just a few minutes tonight. I got a good word. I love it to have a good word. Sometimes I go home and she said, nobody thought that was a good word but you. But I, I thought it was a good word. Hallelujah. She doesn't do that. No. Hallelujah. So let's turn. Let's turn in our Bibles. You got your Bible this evening or something like that to first John chapter four. I want to remind you because this is our our encouragement. Uh, this is our equipping service. We encourage on Sunday. I actually we do the same thing all the time, <laughs> but uh, God's always on. People are fickle. People have emotions. People have excitement times and depressing times, whatever people are doing, but God's always on. So if we plug into him, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, when the, when the electricity goes off and you got 16 computers working and all of them are going to crash right there, unless you're hooked up to a battery pack. What do you call those, Barry? Okay, battery backup. That's it. Then that computer doesn't even know the power went off. It just sails on because there's something on the interim, something in between. And that's what's happening to us. Good times and bad. We're good in the good times. We're good in the not so good times. We don't even know when it's not a good time because we're so good. Amen. So God's always on. And faith is always ready to be activated. Activate my faith, Lord. Well, he says you activate it. 
So I'm activating my faith. How about you? I want to talk about faith tonight just one more time. I'm, uh, it's not waiting on God. I'm activating my faith. And faith is always on, so I just need to activate it. In 1 John 4, 7, team, excuse me, let's read it together. I hope you have a big old Sunday school star, a big red Sunday school star next to it. Hallelujah. Ready, read. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I know this scripture is not near as famous as John 3.16. And there was a time when you needed John 3.16 because you didn't, you didn't know that. You didn't know what that verse said. But now we believe it. But now the challenge is, is to know who we are. Now that we're born again, we're, a lot of times you don't know who you are when you get born again. You just know what you can do. You can go to heaven. So it, it just skips a step. We, we should never know what we can do and what we can have without knowing who we are because it'll always be too small. But here it says, because as he is, so are we in this world. This is a major five star scripture right now. This is if you're fighting any kind of battle in your mind or in your in your life, it's to fight the battle of who you are. And the word says, as he is, so are we in this world, not someday, some way right now. Say right now. right now, right now, as he is. So what did he do? Well, look it up. Look up four gospels. Look up the epistles because it'll tell what the Lord did. Tell what he had. Tell, tell who he is. That's who we are. It's, it's almost too good to be true news. We, we're on the edge all the time because we cannot get our head around it. We, you cannot. This is a faith scripture this has to be imbibed by the Spirit. You have to know this in the Holy Ghost. And it, sometimes it'll get away from you and you'll revert back to your head and say, wow, this how are we going to do this? How, how's this going to happen? As he is, so am I right now in this world, this world, this world, this trouble, this morass, this, this ubiquitous mess as he is. If I got to walk through the crowd to get out of the crowd, if I got to uh, walk on the water, if I got to say peace be still, I got precedent. I got a pattern. I've got a command as he is. So am we in this world. So uh, I say faith is always on. You know, I, I talk. It's a joke. It's not funny, but I, I always I'm fascinated by it. There was a there's a radio pro uh, channel that's called FX. And it, 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 it's funny to me because it says always on, slightly off. <laughs> I think that's the church, you know, the whole church. Always on. Yes, Jesus. Slightly off. Oh, we don't know if, who we are and what we can do. So uh, uh, faith is always on. Now, it's not always on in your mind. We have to renew our mind over and over and over and over and over. Do y'all know those things can slip away? So faith is not always on in our mind. We, we, can, we can slip. It's not always on in our body. By stripes I, I was healed, but your body's going nanny new new. It's not always on in your situation. You know, here I am, faith man. Here I am, believing God's word as he is, so am I in this world. And greater is he that is in me. And I always triumph in Christ Jesus. But your situation's a mess. It's just, it's just a mess. 
It's like, what are we going to do with this mess? But faith's always on in your spirit. And so we dominate from there. We've got to stay in the spirit. We can't even know people by the flesh. The word tells us to not know anyone by the flesh anymore, but to know one another by the spirit. Not to know the Lord Jesus by the flesh, but by the spirit. So, yay. So turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let's see what we can stir up tonight. You know, you came on Wednesday night to River Church because you were hungry. There's, there's, no, there's no cookies as you go out. <laughs> there's no sign up for a free lawn mowing this summer as you go out. <laughs> you came because you were hungry. We don't even come because we're in debt to God. We, I got better go or he's going to, or we're not afraid. We're in faith and we're hungry. You may not feel hungry. You may feel like, well, this is just what we do on Wednesday. Well, that's good because we were hungry. And then when we go, even when we don't feel hungry, then we've, we've, we relinquish that hunger. We satisfy it. And r- did you know that Solomon was the richest man, literally, physically, the richest man that's ever lived? Uh, I read a thing the other day that talked about his horse stables, that in today's money, it was billions. And, you know, you can't even say billion. In, used to, you couldn't even say billion. And... Uh, he, he, everything was affluent. He was the richest and the wisest man, certainly in the Old Testament. Until the Lord Jesus came, he was that. Yet, if you read Ecclesiastes, you'll find there's a whole book in the Bible that, that, is, that is written of his failures and his uh, missing the mark, failures. A whole book, Ecclesiastes is the whole book is about a carnal and ungodward man. Y'all know the Bible tells the truth. It, it rightly records it. You know, the, the, in Job they say, well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Well, that is rightly recorded that he said it, but it doesn't make it true just because it's li- rightly recorded. Well, Solomon was the wisest man. He wrote the whole thing of Proverbs, basically. And uh, he just had amazing, amazing uh, uh, connection to, to the Lord that, that men and women from all over the world would come just to see, just to see what he had done. And he gave the credit to God. But then he got married and had concubines and had girlfriends and who, who knows what all. And uh, he, he went south. Well, it's a, it's a lesson to all of us that you have to maintain. Getting there is not all of it. We have to maintain. And in Romans chapter 4, verse, uh, let's look in verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which also is the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. I'd say that was a pretty good commendation to somebody that the Bible would say the faith of Abraham was certainly noteworthy, the father of us all. But the truth is, the other side, not the truth, but the other side of it, is Abraham lived a very confused and a very uh, ambivalent life. He, he, uh, he was always trying to fix it himself. 
We're just trying to qualify all of us here this morning. Lest you think famous men, great men and women never messed up. Oh, far from it. Uh, and it says here that he's the, the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. He, he started out like we all started out. He started out in simple faith. He inquired of the Lord. He, the folks that were around him where he lived were, were moon god worshipers. The moon god worshipers are, the moon god is Baal. And the, I don't know if I can say it or not, but uh, there's a major, major religion that their symbol is the moon and they worship the moon god. They say they worship the same God that we do, but they are wrong. Nevertheless, not getting there. Uh, but soon after Abraham obeyed so well, he began to disobey. You know, the thief cometh to steal. And he came then and he tried to tempt him. Uh, one thing God told him before he left, uh, where was he, in Ur? Ur of the Chaldees? Well, he, God told him, you go. You and Mama, you and Sarah, you go. Well, he took Daddy with him. And he took Lot, his nephew, with him. Ah, God wouldn't mind. He's not noticing anything like this. Close enough. Then you know the story where he went down to Egypt. And he, he, he wouldn't own up to Sarah being his wife. And the king got real mad. Pharaoh got real mad at him because he said, She is beautiful. Ah, I'd like a, a week or month or year with that and just God had to intervene or, or it would have been all over but Abraham messed up and uh, when he was down there he met Hagar loaded her up and said you can be the housekeeper brought her home well then one day that he was a little foggy eyed he, he had an idea and doggone if Sarah didn't go along with it maybe she's actually the one who brought it uh, so they had an Ishmael. Do you all know we're still having an Ishmael today? It's the, tr the trouble in the world, besides getting to the devil, is Ishmael. That is the trouble. But yet Abraham and Solomon thought, they always thought, the reason they just kept going, kept going, and kept going with their folly and their disobedience is they thought they could save themselves. Solomon thought he could save himself. He thought his wisdom would bail him out. But it doesn't really matter how smart you are. If you're not connected to the Lord, you're not that smart. And Abraham refused to obey God, gave him clear instructions. And Abraham didn't check in. And so he had Ishmael. Uh, this is a pattern for all of us to avoid, that we would all think that because he saved us, and he did, that we don't need him anymore. That we can save ourselves after we got to heaven. That, like, I couldn't get to heaven Jesus had to come and take away my sin. But now that I'm without sin, that my sin's been reconciled, I believe I'll handle this. And so you have the, the life of an average Christian. They get saved by grace and everything's great, but then they go off and do and live their own life. I'm so enamored by the scripture that says we are not our own. We are bought with a price. We are not our own. Ah, if you forget that when you're in trouble, you're going to go off somewhere and have a, have a, have a trouble. So, uh, but Abraham one day, he got a hold of it. And he told Sarah, we're going to do it God's way. You know, it's 25 years later, 24, whatever. He, he, I mean, it took him a while. Do you all know 
Sometimes when we backslide, if, if you ever have or got close, it doesn't just come back. It doesn't just snap too. We, we can wander off and get further and further away from the light and still think we're in the light. We've all been there. There's nobody here so holy that you say, I've been the same every day since then. No, we haven't. Right there, you've lied and told us that you're not the same. <laughs> uh, but one day, Abraham told Sarah, we're going to do it God's way. We're going we're to believe the stars in the sky. We're going to believe the sands in the sea. And we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to call you Sarai, princess. And, and she said, well, I'll call you uh, Abram, which means father of many. Something like that. Good thing to study. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, please. But now what's amazing, Genesis chapter 12, I told you about it going to Egypt and, and just, just fooling around. Just God's man. We just saw in Romans where he said, Father Abraham, the faith of Abraham, the father, our father. You go, this guy, he had a great track. He made A's in kindergarten and never had a B plus after that. Well, not so. He had some D minuses, if you can allow that. But look what the word says. Abraham got it together. And after he got it together, y'all, he really got it together. Have you ever have you ever turned in your life? Not raising hands, but you turned in your life and you were changed in a moment. It's not that something happened, although so something might have, but lots of stuff had happened and we didn't change. But one time something happened and we set ourselves in agreement with God and said, that's enough of that. I know I've been messing around. I know I've been disobedient. I know I haven't done what God said, but now I'm going to change. And so from then, Abraham, he, 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 he even took his son up the mountain, his only son. Took him up the mountain and said, I'll do what you say. And he lifted the knife. And you can say what you will. That's pretty stout. You know, he, I, it's funny to me. If you had 12 kids, it'd be just as hard or could be as hard. If you had 12 kids, he just had one. But God had promised him. It says in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And here's the promise. And I will make of thee a great nation. So he's telling the future. And I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. So when have you had an offer like that just to move? Just like, Lord, we live in, we live in Ohio. We're going to move to Alabama. And the Lord said, I'll make you a great nation for doing that. Where the Lord has to tell you, doesn't he? But then he said in verse 3, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now this is powerful. I know it's just three verses, but it is so, so powerful. God told Abraham the reason he picked him. Even though he had a sordid life here and there, he, he, he changed. He, he became so wealthy after that that everybody in his household became wealthy. Even Lot, who was a raggedy little thing at times, you know, always looking out for old number one, Lot. Abram didn't care. He was so generous that he told Lot, our flocks are bumping in together. 
I, I got access to the whole thing. You pick where you want to go and we'll go the other way. And of course, Lot went down into the beautiful valley of, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's where Sodom is. It's a wonderful place. There's a big lake there. And, and Abraham never missed him. He had so much. He had so much wealth. He had so much that he was the most wealthy man on the planet at that time. Uh, God said, I've, I'm, there's a reason I pick you, Abraham, even though you messed up here and, and zigged over there. It's because you will be generous. Say that with me. Generous. Again, generous. Now, there's a lot of other words in there, but the Lord basically said, because I can bless you and you will be a blessing. Well, it must be rare. It must not be everywhere. The Lord didn't say, I got 25 guys here and I'm trying to fix, pick one of them. He said, Abram, you're the one. Another place in Genesis said that uh, the Lord says, I pick you because you'll command your children after you. He had to have that for the lineage, for to get us all the way to David and get us all the way to Jesus. He had to have someone that would carry the covenant, carry the, uh, the plan of God. So uh, the story of Abraham is actually a story of generosity. I want to tell you that would be a good thing to put on your whatever we have. when you, if, they thought of, if they thought of you when we get raptured up, they would say... He was generous. It's a rare attribute. And we're not talking about, I'm going to scratch your back so you'll scratch mine. This is a business operation. So, turn with me to Mark, if you would. This thing about generous. Why was Abraham so wealthy? It was because he was generous, but... It was obedience. He was at the right place at the right time. And none of these places that he was at was convenience. It wasn't like, yeah, go down there. Anybody would go down there. Anybody would pick that. Mark chapter 11, wherever I am. So I, I want to wrap up this series on faith, what faith believes, and to say, what is the destination? What is the purpose? What is the end of our getting in faith? Well, it's so I can get healed, or it's so I can move the mountain, or so I, I can have me, me. That's really not it. And I, I want to fix anything that I've said or alluded to that, that goes there. We certainly do use that to defend ourselves, to, uh, to protect our resources, to acquire things that are in the covenant. We do that. But really, the purpose of faith is a obedience to the will of God. Apparently, you can't get there just out of your head. Because everybody that lost their head in the Bible quit serving God. You know, David, you, you just go down the whole line. Everybody that missed it, you always just point to, a, you lost your head. You, you walked away from God. So I'm going to say that obedience that comes by faith of just knowing in your knower is the reason you'll be generous, and that you'll prosper, and God will call you out. Look in this interesting scripture in uh, the Gospels, chapter 11. Let's look in verse 1. i, I got to get it going here. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth 
to his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye have entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied. Wherever, whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say unto them, The Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. It was an intersection, wasn't it? And certain of them that stood there said unto them, Why do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Verse 7, And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. Wow. Turn with me to chapter 14, if you would. Let's look in verse 13. You're going to think this is so cool, or at least I do. Verse 13. He sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith to them, Go ye into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. Follow him. Wow. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the goodman of the house, the master saith, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready for the Passover. Guess what? It happened exactly as Jesus said it would. You know, there's a lot of convenience in things going just like you want them to go, just like they should go. And the evidence here is that the disciples were quick to obey. Quick to obey. Say it with me. Quick to obey. Now there's a lesson here. Faith seems hard. It seems innocuous. It seems uh, ethereal. It seems like it's out there. Who can understand it and, and who can know it? It's not that hard. You hear and you obey. Because there's always a command. Even if the command is, Terry, here until the Holy Ghost come upon you. It's, it's, it's always something we can do and something we can engage right then. So wherever you're standing for faith, number one, he wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. And the way you get blessed is by obeying by faith. Not some, not some business plan. You got your faith on the line. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, whatever he says. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. I will do it. I will do it. That's why I always say, we say yes, Lord Jesus. Because there's something in the house that needs to be said yes to. Especially in my life, I need to say yes. I, if you'll say yes before you get the question, it's like signing the check and, then some, and giving it to someone and let them fill it in. One thing about it, you know, you got it in the bank when they fill it in. Hallelujah. So the question is how to obey, not whether to obey. How to obey, not whether to obey. How to obey, not whether to obey. Do you know how foreign that is to most Christians? What is the first thing when people hear a hard thing, a hard saying? Here it comes. They start arguing. They start telling God how hard that's going to be as if he hadn't thought it through. As if he didn't have 10,000 angels right there on the corner ready to lift this thing off of you 
but you can't see them, so you're going, Lord, Lord. And I'm telling you, you can't, be, you can't profit in your life. You won't have peace in your life if you argue with the Holy Ghost, argue with the Word, argue with the plan of God. You go, well, how, how fast, how many arguments do I get? <laughs> I guess you can answer that. So here we have Jesus saying, go, and it will be. And they went, and it was. Exactly. And the men with the colt said just what he said they would say. And so he, they told them just what he said to say. And it worked. How simple would life be, family, if it worked like that? If we didn't have to wrestle the knot off the rope? The cool thing, or one cool thing about it, is that everything had been prearranged before the disciples got to either location. The coal wasn't wandering around town and just... It had been tied there in that place by somebody. Somebody had fed it that morning. Somebody had done this for days, had got it where on that hour it would be there. And the men that needed to give permission would be standing there. It was so precise, it was like taking a picture of something and saying, this is what it looked like. And everything from heaven's side had been arranged. Can you say everything with me? Everything had been arranged. It was in place before they had need of the place. How about that for God planning ahead? He's not last minute. Like, oh my word, I thought that was Tuesday. And here it is. It's Monday. I got to get them some stuff and I got to work on their bills and I got to help them. I just, I just think from this you could assume God's already got things lined up. And it'll be just right if we will line up. Line up, Michael. Line up. You can do it. It's not hard. He speaks plainly. You understand the language that he speaks. You've got the spirit of grace inside of you. Line up. Quit fussing with your head. Faith is not there. Faith is not in the head. So why would we speak with the head? Here am I, send me, Lord. That's what we should say. There's like, that's that check. You just sign it and say, Lord, I got, I got this much money in there. He said, well, we're going to run it for bigger than that because I'm going to put money, more money in. It's just amazing. But the, think about the, lar- the upper room. It says there was a large upper room furnished and prepared. I figure that one out. How did the Lord do that? Well, he had to talk to that governor, that uh, Goodman, it says. He had to get him involved. He had to get, turn away other renters or however they worked it back then. He, had to, he orchestrated this thing way before that hour when they came up to him and said, the master hath need of this. And, and it was all there. Wonder if he does that for us. Wonder if our faith causes these things to happen so that there was a ram in the thicket as Abraham raised the knife. Seems a little orchestrated. Seems like every, the drums come in, the horns come in, the violins come in, they come in exactly on the note, and it's a wonderful sound. What if it's like that? What if it's not a garage band that everybody's just whacking around and jamming? And God's saying, settle down, settle down, we gotta get something done here. Who's, no, it's perfect. And life can be perfect. And then there's the timing thing where God had to get, he had to get that man to carry the pitcher right when they hit town. 
I mean, this isn't even like look around and find him. He's somewhere out there and you get him out of there, wherever he is. And if he's not there, find out where he is and go over there. No, he was walking right when they got there. This is really miraculous. It's really supernatural. And the man with the water pot, the pitcher, you know, uh, I don't know if you have to hear from God, but he had to find the man that could do something that was like that. So it's faith that takes faith to be a blessing. These people were a blessing in such insignificant ways. They were just there on time. We ought to be on time. You ought to be on time with your life. You ought to, you ought to know what's coming. I said, we ought to know what's coming. You don't know the whole thing. You don't know three years away unless the Lord's given you a vision of someday, someday. But even then you don't know three years unless he speaks it. Nobody's saying that. So but we ought to know what's 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 this year. We ought to know what 22 is. OK, you don't know that. You ought to know what January is. We're about out of January, but we ought to know this is what I'm accomplishing. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to make a friend this month. What's the, where's the money in that? Where's the business in that? It, heavens. You got too many friends? You can't take care of all your friends? I don't. I, I desire relationships. So I use my faith on it. And I'm blessed to be a blessing. Let me just tell you something. This is the truth. It's not really with this, but it's just the truth anyway. If you'll spend your money and your time on the kingdom, it'll become a need and God will supply it. So you don't have just so much money. You're like Deborah and I was talking about how the government or other companies or stuff, they come to the end of their year, their budget, and they're wanting to put in for two million dollars for their budget. But doggone, they got a half a million still in the kitty. Y'all know what I'm talking about, what I'm fixing to say? So what do they do? Deborah was telling me about a company she worked for. It's the U.S. government, actually. And right before budget approval, they would go out and buy new furniture for every office, computers. That computer works. I throw that thing out. We got to spend it so we can get more. Well, that's ludicrous. That's crazy. That's, that's, but it's that way in the kingdom. If you'll spend it, you won't have less. He'll bless you to be a blessing. So when we give generously in the offering, I, I told you, I've, I've jacked mine up. I made a, and I, I hate to even tell you that, but nobody knows what I give anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, I had unction, and I wanted to obey immediately. So the first check of the year, and I'm not going to have less. I'll, I'll have more. And I'll have my money or my prosperity, my, my provision, will bring in friendships and relationships and opportunities. I will be at the right place because I am committing to obey by faith. I told you Sunday, we ought to be the richest people in town. And I don't mean monetarily. I, I need to bring you my little 2001 goal that I had, my life goals. It's, it's hilarious. But I'm so glad I didn't just say I want a new yo-yo. 
uh, by year five or something like that. I was out there. I mean, I'm telling you, I had eight businesses before I was 52 years old. And I was, uh, I was hiring church people to go run it. Well, none of that happened because I had a wrong perspective. But my heart was right, your heart's right, to get out there in the kingdom. Not everything is having a, a healing team when you go out and, and lay hands on people. That, that is so powerful. Not everything is having a soup, cloth, soup line or whatever. Some of it's just being there. Just being there, being available. Well, I ain't got time for this. I got to be and go and do. Sure you do. Be generous and be on time. If God's spoken to you something, put your giddy up in gear and go to it. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't take Lot down from where he's supposed to be. Do it by faith. So, Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Hallelujah. Look at me before we pray. How, how many of you would right now obey God? Something stern inside of you. I got this this afternoon. That you'd just stand up and you'd prophesy or you'd speak to something or you would make a faith confession, I'll have this or I'll do that or, or whatever. Now, you could reason this out, and you could think about it, and you go, that's ridiculous. When I show you my, my life list, my life goals, you'll think, it's a, it's, that's crazy, and it is. But how about just standing up and just prophesying, or, or not? We ought, to, we ought to have a little session tonight where we just stand up and say, I'm going to do what Abraham did. I'm going to raise the knife by the Lord. Now, the clock's ticking, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done. Nobody got anything? Because I know you do it if you got something. So, Lord, we pray for unction right now to rise up in us. We so want to take a step toward the end of our journey, our, our calling. We so want to not be stuck here tomorrow like we were yesterday. We so want to get up and go for your glory. We want to bless in order to be a blessing. We want to be blessed, I should say. Well, we agree. We agree the word of the Lord will be true to you and that your words will be enforced by your faith. Is there, is there a tongue in you, Jonathan? No, not a tongue. What's in you? What's in you? What's in you? All right, let's, let's say it with him. Ten million dollars. How many of y'all like that? <laughs> I like that. Of course, I've heard him say it before to me, and I always tell him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. <laughs> Ten million. I tell you, in my, little, in my little, I had a little putmobile, and I was living in a little house and everything, and I put down that I was a millionaire by 32, and that I had 10 million to give by the time I was 50. Sincere as I could be. So 10 million. Thank you for boldness. Now, it's out in the spirit. It's out in the spirit. It's in the spirit. That's where it'll be created. It is never created within us without coming out of us. Who said we were in a rich church? What else? That word's no greater than Pam's, by the way. And it doesn't even stagger me. Does this stagger you? Then, then, then you're thinking little in little places. Shuda bahasia kolohe. Every 
Jutuse kulero, yamendo zid bahenion galaha, shabata bidasatasi. Now, if you've got that word, would you stand up and bring it for us? This is my plan, saith the Lord. I am your father, and I am taking care of you. And I will guide you along the path wherein you should go. And I will lead you out of the world's ways, which are of destruction and limiting unto you. And I will show you a broad place for your particular and peculiar life. It will be specifically tailored for you. And the heart and the dream, excuse me, the dream in the heart that you have will, will carry you along. So now look unto me, saith the Lord, for I am attentive to your call. I am attentive to your desires. I am attentive to the, to the strategy I'm placing in your life. And I will fund it. And I will have the band with the picture show up at the intersection. I will make a way where there seems to be no way if you will give attention to me, saith the Lord. Well, amen. Woohoo! Praise God. Praise God. Well, let me just tell you what just happened. All of you now know what that feels like. And we'll all be listening. And when pastor or whoever's up here gives a place for it and says, okay, who's got something? Who's seen something? Who's heard something, we don't want to be the man that says, I can't go to town and, and get that colt. Or he's like, yes, sir, I'll, I'll be on that. None of them argued and none of them reasoned. They went to town. Amen. Amen. What a good church River Church is. I am so proud of y'all. Well, if you're giving this evening...